Hello, this is Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and founder of PCOS Diva, and I'm here today with Dr. Corey Schuler. And uh, as we are entering the holiday season, I thought that it would be wonderful to have Dr. Corey, who is a board-certified nutrition specialist, and he's really um, an expert in food and mood. And so he's going to be sharing some of his um, thoughts and tips around holiday sugar cravings, and then we're going to talk a little bit about seasonal affective disorder. Uh, I know that that is an issue that a lot of women with PCOS, including myself, deal with, you know, as uh, those of us in the Northern Hemisphere are um, experiencing the shorter days. Um, And we're also going to talk a little bit about stress and anxiety, and I know that this can be a stressful time of the year for a lot of us, and, you know, how we can kind of um, counterbalance some of those, um, you know, stress and anxiety uh, feelings that we're having right now. So welcome, Dr. Corey. Thanks for being here with us. Thanks for having me, Amy. So I just wanted to tell um, our listeners a little bit about um, you and, and your practice. Uh, Dr. Corey is a board-certified nutrition specialist. As I had mentioned, he's a licensed nutritionist and functional medicine practitioner from Bloomington, Minnesota, and he runs the Metabolic Treatment Center, and you can find him at metabolictreatmentcenter.com. And he speaks nationally about mood, hormones, and holistic health. He is frequently interviewed for um, radio, magazines, and blogs, and um, he's on several medical advisory boards and consults leaders in the dietary supplement and nutrition industry. Um, I actually met... Dr. Corey, when I was doing some research back in June of 2011 on MACA, and uh, Dr. Corey uh, was a medical educator of feminescence, MACA, and you can read more about MACA on my site. We're not going to really be talking about that, but um, he, I've been impressed with his um, breadth and depth of knowledge when it comes to nutrition. So. Thank you again, and I wanted to jump right into, you know, your thoughts on uh, sugar cravings as we enter um, the the holiday season. I know many of us have already, um, you know, hit the the Halloween candy buckets, and you know, how can we start taking more control over our sugar cravings as we enter the holiday season? It's an excellent and timely question. Honestly, I can't believe that it's been two and a half years since I met you. Isn't that amazing? I know. <laughs> we, oh my gosh, time flies. So, um, and you're right, seasonal affective disorder. You in northern climate, me in northern climate. We we talk to people that have this going on all the time. But let's start, like you said, with sugar cravings. And ideally, I want people to get to know the root of the craving that they're having, and it's a very personalized experience. Um, But sometimes, especially in this season, um, we just don't have time to really look back and and have the evaluation. So I like to use some examples. When someone sits down in front of me or we have our initial phone conversation and they say, I just have terrible cravings, and I say, okay, well, is it more for like sweet stuff or salty stuff? And if it's sweets, which we're talking about now, I'll say, do you crave more things like M&Ms 
or Skittles? Like, is it that that fruity sweet, or is it that like deep, rich sweet that you're experiencing? And I can kind of sort through that. That might be a, a neurotransmitter, a brain chemistry imbalance, just by that single question. And so I'll go into that a little bit more. Um, when people crave chocolate. Um, that might be a sign that tyrosine, which is a very specific amino acid, it's a precursor to dopamine, which is the neurotransmitter that helps us experience joy, that might be in short supply. And so when we can kind of filter through what our body is actually trying to communicate to us, then it's a little bit easier. But like I said, we don't always have the time. Um, so what a blanket uh, situation is where I say our our bodies need pretty limited amounts of sugar. Um, virtually we need zero processed sugar, but our bodies really do need other things. And so there's a, a term, I'm going to throw out this kind of unusual term called the neutrostatic hypothesis. Basically means that your body wants to eat um, until it gets the nutrients that it needs. And mm -hmm. so that that tends to be a, a challenge when you just when you keep missing the mark, as we'd say. So one of those things that our body craves really deeply, and we might not even realize, or we might misrecognize it as a sugar craving, and it actually is a, a salt craving. Um, and so the first thing I recommend when we go into this season is to do a um, kind of a measured dose of of salt. We call it Soleil therapy or brine therapy. First mm. thing in the morning. And what that does is it gives us just a little bit of salt in the morning um, and helps stave off some cravings later in the day. And, you know, I was wondering about the salt. This is something I was thinking about the other day. Um, I love detox baths, and I do um, Epsom salt and baking soda, and I put sea salt in the bath um, and some essential oils, and I find that to be really relaxing, probably, you know, the magnesium and, the um, essential oils, you know, certainly um, aromatherapy helps. But I'm wondering, can you get the the trace minerals transdermally from the um, sea salt? To a small degree, yes. And actually, I'm, it's interesting. I'm writing an article on this today um, about how we we cycle, and actually, our our skin sort of changes uh, porousness throughout the month. Um, so we all have our, our cycles, our monthly, our seasonal cycles. And there's uh, some suggestion that there's a lunar cycle that corresponds with how well we adapt to um, minerals and like how well we absorb them. And sometimes during the month we excrete them. So kind of uh, maybe loosely based on the changes in the moon. And so very interesting that you, you bring that up. But yeah, we do get some of that. Um, and some minerals are better absorbed than others. Magnesium is actually one of them that is well absorbed through the skin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and do, are you finding that patients that are um, really craving chocolate are also um, low in magnesium? Yeah, it can. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Magnesium can be one of those things. There's a few things that sort of go down as inflammation sets in. And I know you, you talk to your, your uh, folks about inflammation a lot because it's so uh, cognizant in, in the minds of people with PCOS. But the idea here is that anytime inflammation in the body rises, so think about like the tide coming in, Anytime inflammation rises, you have things that decrease. Magnesium is absolutely one of those things that gets depleted with inflammation 
Another one is going to be zinc, another important mineral. And another one, get this, with seasonal affective disorder, is vitamin D. So as inflammation goes up, those three nutrients, to be very specific, are the ones that sort of get hit the hardest. So that's one of the reasons that we're reaching for chocolate, um, you know, in addition to the sugar, but um, our bodies kind of need that magnesium boost. Um, I, I often tell my clients to put raw cacao in their smoothies because that's a rich source of um, magnesium. Uh, but I wanted to just, just back track to the Soleil therapy, maybe you could give the listeners um, some specific instructions on, you know, how to utilize um, the salt uh, with the Soleil? Sure. And in full disclosure, I, I speak on behalf of original Himalayan crystal salt, so that's the one that I, I know of and I know the resources to. There is a, uh, the website is HimalayanCrystalSalt.com, and the reason that I want to give you that resource is because there's a recipe for sole, and it's spelled S-O-L-E. Some people call it soul. It's actually supposed to be sole, and that is, uh, there's a recipe there. What it is, and so just imagine taking large stones, not like the little granule salt that you get um, for table salt at restaurants and things, but, the, but big, almost rocks. They're like the size of a computer mouse and uh, maybe half that size. And those go in a, a mason jar. And you um, fill that mason jar about half full with the cleanest water you can find, filtered, osmosis, reverse osmosis, whatever, ozonated water, and uh, fill that up half full and let that supersaturate. So if we go back to, I don't know, sophomore, junior year in high school and remember chemistry, there's something called a supersaturated solution. And that's when the solvent or the water won't hold any more um, solute and the, the salt itself. And so it's actually, um, there's no more salt that can be put into that salt solution. So there's actually, it's so dense with salt inside the water that not all of the salt can be dissolved. So you actually get salt at the bottom of the of this mason jar. And what you do is you take a teaspoon of that, add it to 12 to 16 ounces of, again, nice clean water every morning, and that is what we call Soleil therapy, that fresh glass of water with just a little bit of supersaturated solution in it. It ends up being about a 1% solution, which just happens to be about the same concentration as our tears, our sweat, um, our, our normal saline concentration in our bodies. So we're getting all of those trace minerals from the sea salt, and that's what's um, helping with the sugar cravings? Yeah, so it's offsetting some of those the, the the need, the body's sort of hierarchy of needs for salt. So salt um, in the body is actually working to, number one, it works as a kind of a digestive toner. It helps with upper digestion in the stomach. It helps with buffering acid in the uh, jejunum or the small intestine. But it also helps with nerve conductivity. So if you've ever had the experience when you have a craving and it's like, somebody else inside you wants it <laughs> and it's not really, you're not conscious of it, that can be probably one of two things. Number one is it's just not, um, your brain's really just not functioning optimally. And the other thing is it could be a, a type of infection called a candidiasis or um, candida is what usually mm -hmm. is good. So those are the two things that you'd want to think about. But yeah, Sole is, uh, I would say, the, the number one, uh, it's the home run for a lot of people. <laughs> Oh, that that's really great info. Um, I do. If anybody wants to read more about um, 
pink Himalayan sea salt. I, I don't talk about sole therapy, but um, I have some of the benefits of that in a blog article on my site, as well as um, more information about candida um, and how you can kind of fight that. So um, two resources for you to look for on PCOSDiva.com. Uh, you know, I, I I often think of women with PCOS who are really struggling as being overfed and undernourished. I know that was certainly the um, what was going on with me when I was really struggling with PCOS. So I think getting all of these important um, trace minerals that our body can um, effectively run um, is so important. So any other thoughts on sugar cravings during this holiday season? Yeah, there's always the chance that it that that what we've just described doesn't fit the specific listener situation. So there's two mm-hmm. sort of um, you know, backups, I would call it. Um, this the the first backup, and this is something that I'm recommending to most people anyway, is that and I think that you are too, is having a, a protein rich but also a a fat-rich breakfast. So we're getting, you know, I mentioned Soleil therapy first thing in the morning basically right away, but not too long after that, um, a smoothie with, with a protein powder or something of that nature, and then I add, and I recommend my patients add, any kind of fats. So there's a few things that I like to suggest, and, and you can kind of do this based on taste or what fits you best. Um, coconut oil is rich in medium chain triglycerides or MCT. You can actually get MCT oil, which is uh, a little bit more pure than coconut oil. It mixes better, doesn't taste as coconutty, and uh, you can add that to your smoothie as well, and it changes the texture a little bit, makes it a little bit kind of uh, smoother, I would say. Um, and then this, some people are going to like shirk in discomfort as I say this, but I, I actually add three tablespoons, and I recommend this for a few of my patients, three tablespoons of extra virgin um, cold press olive oil to a smoothie. And uh, that's a lot of fat. It's a lot of fat right away, but it actually um, cools the. I'm gonna, I'm going to use some inappropriate terminology. I'm going to say it cools the mind. I look at these sorts of oils and fats as sort of like cooling foods. Um, and when your brain runs too hot, you grab anything you can, and that's kind of this conversation about cravings anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And I think those fats early in the day, especially when the gallbladder is functioning at its greatest efficiency, is ideal. Now, there's other things you can look at, too. I'll just mention things like ghee or uh, uh, organic grass-fed butter might be useful to mm-hmm. add into these things. Um, lots and lots of options, and I, I kind of love them all. I'm, I'm a fat fan. That's that's great to hear. I, I think um, you know a lot of us have been brainwashed with the, the whole fat-free um, bandwagon, so it, it's you know, I, I'm so glad that you are um, kind of reiterating what I try to <laughs> try to share, that fats are, are good for women with PCOS. And um, they, they definitely, I think, make us feel more stable, um, especially around sugar. So that, that's a great tip. And I was wondering if you could just mention the name of that oil again. Um, I know a lot of people have an aversion to the coconut taste of coconut oil. Um, what was the yep. yeah go ahead it's m m is in mary c is in 
I don't know, Colorado. T and T is in Texas. MCT, just three letters, oil. And it should say like MCT oil 100% or something of that nature. It should be at your local health food store, co-op. Um, you can also get it online and it's pretty inexpensive. I actually add it right to my coffee in the morning and that mm -hmm. seems to be um, another great way to get more fat into my diet. And doesn't um, that type of fat have kind of a thermogenic response in our body? It sort of helps to burn fat? Or burn yeah, it actually it's, can. Yeah, you're right. It um, more or less teaches us how to burn fat. It's it's sort of uh, it's fast acting, so you you're it's able to burn it easier. Some of the fats are really what they call long chain, and long chain fatty acids are harder to break down. If they're harder to break down, they take longer, and if it takes too long, you end up storing it sometimes. Even omega three. Uh, fatty acids or omega-6 fatty acids, especially omega-6 fatty acids, take too long and then you end up storing it. Um, mm -hmm. But MCTs are short little guys and they burn up real fast and uh, yep, teach your body to um, use them a little bit more appropriately and, and burn fat. Yeah, that's a great tip. So I wanted to move into um, the you know topic of seasonal uh, affective disorder. I know I've um, kind of looked at this at length, and there's been quite a few studies that show that women with PCOS have higher depression scores, higher risk of depression, um, they have um, higher levels of mild anxiety um, more than women without PCOS. I do think that it's a real issue, and um, you know I've seen it uh, suggested. You know, I, I haven't seen the the research to back this claim up but that women with PCOS have lower levels of serotonin. Um, and, you know, I, I know for me, definitely um, having more vitamin D in my, um, you know, it's, it's a supplement has helped. But maybe you could speak to, you know, some other tips on how to kind of stave off this winter blues. Sure. Yeah, and, and there's probably another uh, another. I don't know, half hour worth of work here to do, but there's something called, and, and I'm going to say it slowly maybe a couple times so people hear it when they're listening, called methylation. And mm -hmm. methylation is a pathway in the body. It happens all over the place, um, hundreds, millions of times per second in our bodies, and some of us don't do it very efficiently, whether it's a genetic thing. Usually it's a genetic thing, but there's a lot of different reasons why we don't methylate properly, and it seems like there's um, kind of a, an underlying issue there with neurotransmitters, hormones, etc., especially with women with PCOS. There was a recent article just published um, actually showing that women with PCOS have um, higher levels of Poor methylation, and so that um, I'll actually get you that article so you can share it with your audience um, because I think it's really interesting. But that might be underlying the whole thing. But let's get to the the nuts and bolts and the application of it. I think vitamin D is absolutely necessary, especially at northern climates, even at southern climates. Um, a lot of the anxiety and depression probably is coming from inflammation, might be coming from poor methylation, but vitamin D probably needs to be supplemented. And you probably should work with your healthcare practitioner in order to do that. Um, but I'm routinely recommending things at 4,000 or 5,000 IU, um, or international units, excuse me, so that, but I, I am also tracking them via, via blood test. Um, in regards to seasonal affective disorder, inflammation, this methylation bit, um, zinc is a pretty big player. I just wrote 
wrote an article yesterday about a research paper that showed 25 milligrams of zinc in major depressive disorder. These are people that are like hospitalized or, or feel like they need to be hospitalized, antidepressants aren't working. 25 milligrams of zinc actually improved um, uh, depression scores, so people were feeling a lot better even just after a few weeks. So that's the next thing. And then um, kind of to round the corner on this, the idea that methylation is, and this is a little bit complex, so it's, it's things like folate, B12, B6, and then sulfur-containing amino acids like cysteine and N-acetylcysteine. These are things we might have heard of. Mm -hmm. They're really rich in things like eggs. Eggs are, are sulfur-rich foods. So um, sulfur-rich foods and this methylation kind of thing um, is something that we might want to be paying attention to. We know independently that folate and B12 can improve mood. So um, what's, what's in your multivitamin might be mildly supportive, but if you actually have a methylation issue, then we need to uh, go a little bit deeper with that. Um, and then the very last thing, to, and this is actually really cool because it just came out in the American College of Nutrition, the Journal of American College of Nutrition. I just read it today about how movement um, or just exercising actually then dictates our food choices. So they looked at a group of women and showed that if they took more than 6,000 steps a day, you know, those little pedometers, we always hear about the 10,000 step rule. Well, actually 6,000 steps. If you took more than 6,000 steps, you made better food choices throughout the day. So just being active, walking around, moving, and kind of making sure that you get that movement all plays a role and can reduce things like depression and anxiety during this holiday season and then maybe cravings aren't going to be as big of an issue maybe we can wrap this all up together because it is all interconnected yeah and i think six thousand is a lot more doable than ten thousand a day for for a lot of us um that's really good news um i i was i also wanted to just point out um B12, I think, you know, a lot of women um, with PCOS are on uh, metformin, and I, I think that um, metformin is, is, has been shown to deplete B12. Is... Yeah, you're right. Metformin, get this, metformin, um, oral contraceptives or birth control pills, and spironolactone, do these uh, medications sound familiar? They all deplete folate and B12, and B6. Amazing, mm -hmm. isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I don't think that a lot of doctors, um, you know, explain that to their patients or monitor, um, you know, the, the B12, you know, the B vitamin levels. And I know that um, a lot of women, when they finally are able to get them tested, they're, like, significantly deplete. Uh, so I, I'm wondering... Um, if you have some recommendations um, on, you know, what you typically dose for, um, you know, maintenance for for B vitamins or um, and zinc. Yeah, so so the zinc I leave at 25 uh, milligrams per day, and here's the the challenge with zinc and vitamin D actually is you got to kind of look at your entire supplement regimen. If you're on two or three or five things, you might have a little bit of in everything. So it's 
you got to be careful not to overdose. Too much zinc actually depletes copper and causes other sorts of issues. So you want to be careful about just getting that, that right amount. But I like people to have 25 milligrams of supplemental zinc, especially during this season. And then vitamin D um, total around four or 5,000 uh, international units if they're being monitored via blood test. And in fact, I've, I've yet to find somebody that um, gives excess vitamin D by taking four or 5,000 uh, international units per day. So I'm really comfortable with that, but I know the, the general recommendation is that we get monitored. Um, in regards to B vitamin status, um, it's a little bit trickier, to be very honest, because it does mm -hmm. go into if you don't have the right genes, you can't encode, blah, blah, blah. So what I recommend is that uh, um, you actually get a blood test. And the one blood test that is very helpful and, and kind of gives us a general idea if you're doing this right or not is uh, called homocysteine. And homocysteine used to be thought of primarily as a cardiovascular risk factor. Um, it's actually looked at more of now as are you methylating properly or not. And if it's anything over five, that probably means that you need extra folate, methylcobalamin, or B12, and B6. Yeah, and I, and I think that it's important to point out, too, that a lot of B12 um, in supplements is not that form of um, methylcobalamin. It's um, um, the cyanocobalamin, which is a cheaper source. Yeah, cyanocobalamin is, is, is perfectly synthetic and not really found in nature, but it's the cheapest uh, flavor of the week. Um, uh, the other versions are uh, adenosyl cobalamin, which isn't bad, um, and then uh, hydroxycobalamin. So you just have to look, but most um, like store-bought retail multivitamins will contain cyanocobalamin, the synthetic form. And in fact, if you're a smoker, which I hope we're not, but if you are, that actually kind of increases some risks. So that you're already getting cyanide essentially from the, the tobacco and, and the smoking, and so cyanocobalamin will potentially add to that uh, those issues. Mm -hmm. So maybe you could just take a minute to explain the difference between folic acid and folate. So I know a lot of women with PCOS are on folic acid. Um, but sure, are, are yeah. You, are, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, folic acid, again, 100% uh, synthetic man-made uh, chemical, um, and it's found in most of your multivitamins. What we prefer is natural folates, and, and folate basically is found in any leafy greens, so that's the primary source that we'd want to put in it. Of course, it's fortified in grains, which I'm not a fan of. Um, not, not, not the fortification, I'm just not a fan of grains in general. Um, and so the, uh, the folate that you really want from a supplement are things like um, natural folate, which, which contains the whole family of folates, um, something called 5-methyltetrahydrofolate, which you don't need to know, that's not on the quiz, but um, it has a 5 in front of it. And then there's one called 10-4-meal. Uh, and um, both of those are actually sort of uh, the end product versions of folate. They are on, on sort of the synthetic end of things, but it reduces the body's need to process that folic acid. Um, folic acid, I, I tend not to recommend in any way, shape, or form if I can help it. Mm -hmm. So is there a supplement that people could buy with the, um, the folate, like the whole food, kind of a whole food-based supplement? Yeah, there's one. Um, so this is there's a company called Thorn Research that makes something called Methylguard, and that's a good product. Um, Orthomolecular is another uh, company. They have a product called Cardio B. 
and uh, um, Metagenics has a product called Active Folate, which is just the folate itself, um, not all the B12 and other things, but that works pretty well um, for certain cases. Great. Um, such great information. I think um, we're going to um, kind of wrap up, but I just wanted to ask you your thoughts on, um, you know, I know at this holiday season where, um, you know, there's lots of co cake and cookies and lots of gluten-heavy foods, and in your work, have you noticed um, a, a real correlation between gluten and mood issues? Uh, gluten and, and I'm going to include alcohol and dairy and sugar, all wreak havoc on brains. I mean, I think of this as, um, as like a, a street drug. All of these foods are, are really, in fact, I'm going to use the word dangerous. So um, watch your favorite movie or Breaking Bad or whatever shows are out there. <laughs> Look at those addicts out there, and you think, oh, how could you live like that? But the fact is is that, that some of these foods are acting that way on you, and it's very an individualized experience, but if you don't react perfectly to it and you don't have the resilience to kind of fight off these brain-damaging foods, then it's a drug to you, and, and you may be an addict. And so stay away, stay away, stay away, and uh, get support because you will probably need it. No um, no alcoholic or uh, uh, drug addict who's recovering knows that they can't just do this on their own. You absolutely need support um, to beat these addictions. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's great advice. Um, and if, I just wanted everyone to know that if you um, want to learn more about Dr. Corey and the work that he does, he is available at metabolictreatmentcenter.com and um, gosh, I could talk to you for <laughs> for a lot longer than our half-hour time um, frame here, Dr. Corey, and I hope that you can join us again soon. That would be great, Amy. Thank you for having me. Great. Well, thank you, and, and happy holidays to you. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye.